Hi and welcome back to Residents of Persepana Park Season 2 Q&A. I'm Angela, the creator and the voice of Alina. We are here today with Ashley Dawson, the voice of Drew, Ben Palizzi, the voice of June, and Sarah and Sarah Menendez, the voice of Dog. So my Season 2 main characters, what is it like voice acting? This is everyone's first time, right? I guess technically this is my first like voice acting style gig, you know, as as many of us dabbled in the forums back <laughs> back in the day. But I mostly do more stage acting. So it's not my first time ever acting, just doing like a podcast, I guess. Yeah, I also as well primarily have done like stage acting and like acting for theater and like I've auditioned for films but never been in one. But it's definitely been like a fun kind of shift and challenge because like instead of just like drinking a bottle of water and like oh he's drinking water like I remember the one episode at the start of season two like I like drank the water had to be like like swallow like inches away from the mic and it's just it's really interesting because it's like another way to like expand what I know about acting and like continue to learn and grow with like character development only through voice and like noise versus being able to use your whole self oh yeah good old vocal viewpoints uh, I guess I'll go. Um, so I have never acted. I don't know where I found the audacity to think that I could, um, but I guess I did. <laughs> I rolled in here one day and, and I was like, Angela's looking for, I mean, Angela and I actually started, you came to me and you said, oh, I have an idea for a podcast. And I, and Angela had been working with me on my podcast. I had been doing uh, sound editing for me. So she knew that I sort of at least had the basics of podcasting down. Um, and said, would you like to help me look this over, talk me through some stuff? And I was like, you know, absolutely. And of course, she was like way more on it than I ever was with anything. Um, <laughs> so that was one thing. And then she said, well, I'm going to be looking for roles. And I was like, oh, do you think I, I could audition for one? And she very graciously said yes. Um, and somehow I got the part of dog, which is great. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of the opposite of you guys. I have done podcasts before. I do po other podcasts and even like professionally at work have done podcasts, but I've never acted before. And so it's been really fun actually learning from two actual professional actors um, and sort of hoping that I rise to the challenge that you guys bring with the quality of your performances. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was so... The person who says, I have no professional, gives the best answer. <laughs> ben and I are just like... <laughs> well, to, her -der 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 -der. To, be, to be fair, I do work in... I work in communications, so I am an effective communicator. And I guess in some ways that makes me an effective liar. And <laughs> acting is just kind of lying in character. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to get fired. It's fine. The role now accepting auditions for a replacement for a dog. <laughs> no. <laughs> How was it making the switch from your previous skills and experience to voice acting. Was there a big learning curve? I definitely struggled in the start with mic and like levels and games. Cause then we had to reshoot my thing several times. <laughs> um, but just kind of it's learning. Okay. Everyone the whole had to reshoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> learning, learning like the technical aspect behind it and kind of that ability to reshoot and fine tune and like keep doing like multiple takes and adjusting things like, even could be like a week later, I come back to it. Like that was like an interesting learning curve for sure. I think doing things in isolation is very difficult for me. Like some Ben was just talking about how sometimes we have to do retakes and 
there was one episode, I think like I had a family emergency or something and I had to completely record the episode in isolation and it was hard. (laughs) It was so hard. And even though like we each individually record on our own devices and then send it into you for a final processing, like we live act it together. We have each other to still play off of. We still have those moments of improv where I find like every week I'm getting tagged in another blooper of me being an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Those those, those <laughs> over something I, I get just that. notifications. <laughs> um but that has been a real like as a stage actor and as a singer, that has been a real curve for me is learning how to do things in isolation mm-hmm. when needed. Uh, but it is nice to not have to be memorized and to be able yes. to really, yes, and like improv in the moment and just work as a collaborative team consistently from start to finish. That is wonderful. That's not something that I frequently get on stage. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Ashley and that it's really great that the core cast has stayed the same for both for all the seasons. Well, you know. All the seasons that exist right now, because it's really nice to be able to sort <laughs> all of come two in. of them. <laughs> all two seasons. Shut up. Maybe somebody's listening in the future when we're on season twelve or something. All right. Like I'm just gonna like pretend this was the plan the <laughs> whole time. All twelve of them. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Um, and it's really great because we get to grow together, and that to me is important. Because when I first came in, I felt like maybe my choices in terms of acting, because again, I've never really done this, let alone with other people, um, were maybe just like a little too subtle and sort of not understanding that like sort of the bigger you are, the better it edits because it just, you know, you have to convey so much with your voice. So for me, I I remember listening to episode one and being like, oh, like I am, or maybe not episode one, but the first episode I was in, which I can't remember. Like there's been so many. Episode five. Episode five, that's right. And just being sort of like, oh, I could have played that way bigger to sort of match energies and I didn't. And so again, being able to come in and, and come in with everybody and sort of work through stuff and, and learn to match energies was huge for me. And I think we've gotten a lot better and a lot sassier as a, as a <laughs> cast. Um, and that actually genuinely makes for for better, like just reading and performance because we sort of know each other's like quirks and cues now. Um, and we're not afraid to sort of step in and say, all right, like I'm going to make a joke here. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak a little bit. But Ashley's right also in that there's nothing like Angela being like, can you please re-record this line? And then having to do the same line, but I did like the inflection like 10 different ways. It'll be like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, it's just so weird to have to do 10 takes of that in a row. And it's always the short, it's always the short sentences that are the weirdest to do. Like, y- like yeah, I know. Right, yeah. I definitely think that's the case, especially with short sentences, because it's so short, you really do have to convey with, all your emotions when it means yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) there definitely was a big shift between season one and season two i mean season one was mostly g3 and me and it's not that neither of us could i mean you could hear g3 in i think episode 17 he was the bully, and you can definitely hear <laughs> some of the ad-libbing he's done in that episode. But I feel like compared to season one, we were definitely, what's the word? Like, we were freshmen compared we to season green. two? We were green. Green, yeah. We were green. Yes, we were green. So I feel like now we're definitely more comfortable working with mics, um, reading scripts, 
and just you know being in rehearsal slash recording yeah i definitely think it's a level oh sorry oh no no go for it it's definitely like a level of us getting comfortable with what the show is too not just the characters but what the show is uh Mm -hmm. end of thought (laughs) (laughs) right but uh, it made me think of I think, okay, it was the same episode with the bully where Ashley came up with a backstory for June, which was with his wallet and the gift cards. Full of the, un- like the empty <laughs> gift cards. Right. <laughs> um, but it just made me want to ask, uh, do you guys have any other backstories that you've created for your own characters? Um, I definitely have thought that Drew gives dog puppuccinos Um, and that is why dog likes drew so much because dog is like ah yes this human will give me the cup full of whipped cream i desire (laughs) i think i I mean a lot of my a lot of my random headcanon thoughts end up in blooper reels (laughs) so there's not a whole lot extra for me to add in a way i i do have the I have the method acting moment of yes, I've I've worked as a barista, so I understand the pain of the coffee shop life. But I think also for Drew, Drew has an emotional attachment to all of their bats. Like the one that was broken is definitely in pieces in their room somewhere, like on a shrine, and there's oh like God. a morning there's a shrine, routine. Candles, <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. Enya playing in the background. Um, <laughs> Every night before bed, there's just a moment of silence over the bat. Because it's almost like their obsession with the mythological, as the mythological has become more real, the obsession has transferred to just, I need to control the fact that I can have my bat. (laughs) Like, it's the transference. I don't know. It's Drew and their bat. (laughs) Drew and their bats. We love them. I definitely found a lot of similarities in June's like backstory and personal life to my own, like being a twin, being the middle child, uh, having those like random kind of obscure obsessions and things that I talk about for like (laughs) just out of the blue. So like having those similarities with June has allowed me to kind of feel connected to him as well as I like play him and figure out more random things about him, like my gift card collection. I also (laughs) like to think that June because June's mom is also super into dog. I like to think that like the mom puts dog in a princess costume. Definitely. And then June puts little little alien oh ears God. on top. And then dog gets to be like, yes, I am the prettiest princess. <laughs> dog, dog doesn't want to enjoy it, but she does. She loves it so much. 100%. And then they go get puppuccinos. And I have some questions from social media. From Twitter, at Arthur Draconi asks, what was the inspiration behind Residents of Persephone Park? And also, what inspired you to make it an audio drama? <sighs> so there are a lot of inspirations that went behind this show. Um, some of it's like very minute details, like Welcome to Night Vale was my first audio drama. So I wanted to do a little homage to it. Their first episode was about the dog park. So (laughs) um, very easily, as you can see, our first episode was about dogs in the park. So, (laughs) um, Also, you know, I mentioned 
Scooby-Doo before. I've mentioned, um, I mean, actually, the biggest thing that I, the reason why I wanted to write this was because there has been a big boom in mythology in in fandom and in, in entertainment. But I was noticing it was very specific mythology. You know, if it wasn't Greek, it was Norse. If they weren't gods, they were heroes. So I definitely wanted to do something different and showcase stories that never get to reach a lot of people's ears. So that's really the biggest inspiration. But otherwise, you know, I wanted to do something fun, something not too serious. I was watching a lot of Psych when I wrote this, a lot of Scooby-Doo, a lot of, you know, it's it's kind of that, um, it's the goofy gang solving mysteries and having fun with it. So it's it's a lot of things that I like and wanted to explore. And then the reason why I did an audio drama is um, I mentioned this before, but I have a background. <laughs> it's funny. A, lot, uh, a couple of us have degrees in music, but the one who doesn't is Hua, our composer. <laughs> the irony behind that. But um, yeah, I have a bachelor's in music. Uh, I went specifically to study music technology, which included audio production and um, sound design, mixing, all that jazz. So I had the educational background to create podcast slash audio dramas and it took me a whole pandemic to realize that I should utilize this skill and have a creative outlet that I could do safely with friends and not endanger anybody because of the pandemic (laughs) and then just for funsies I do want to ask does everyone here believe in aliens so I will I will say yes and no Um, I do believe that alien life exists. I don't think alien life exists in the way that we think about it, like all of Star Trek or like, yeah, I think that like there are bacteria and stuff out in space. And this might be because once upon a time, I wanted to be an astrobiologist, which is somebody who studies sort of the 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 ability and what life might look like um, and now and you're a communications like, person <laughs> i'm a communications person for a laboratory but a biological laboratory so um we're not gonna say where don't don't ever look don't look it up guys um so close it's science adjacent but definitely i think that there's like bacteria or like microorganisms maybe even like rudimentary even rudimentary like life forms on planets but i don't think that like I don't foresee like a first contact Vulcan situation where the Vulcans come and and poke humans after we've developed warp drive capabilities to let us know that we're not alone in the universe. Yeah, because I mean, that's technically alien life, alien being just foreign to Earth. And I don't I don't think this is Jetson's little green Martians (laughs) territory yet. If we're wrong, we're wrong. And that's kind of cool. Um now I'm starting to think about the Andromeda strain and how terrifying that miniseries was. Because that was alien life and then it destroyed everything, I think. Something like that. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. Now. Yeah. It was a massive pandemic, which is not like anything we're living through right now or anything like that. <laughs> Literally, that board game has been removed from my shelf. It's, it, it's ah! not allowed to be played recently. <laughs> fair, fair. Fair. Aside. Total aside. But... Ben, what's your answer? Does Ben believe? Does Ben no, believe in say, aliens? I, I also think I'm along the lines of like I believe there's some sort of like life out there, but not in the sense that we like and or like that media like popularizes it. 
Yeah, I mean, I can definitely understand why the media is kind of obsessed with like this imagery of aliens and outer space. Um, but yeah, it's probably just like germs or something. Hey, look, a germ. Look at this single cell bacteria. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we all started off as like little little microorganisms and then... Stardust. Yeah, wow, that was the poetic answer. We started as stardust. <laughs> we started as microorganisms just fucking wiggling around like a bunch of idiots and then, I don't know, somebody Ooh. grew legs, somebody walked on <laughs> land and bada bing, bada boom, now we're killing ourselves. Huzzah! I'm, I'm definitely the one that just wiggled out of the, the goo. No legs, no hands, just wiggles. Just flop. <laughs> Hashtag just flop. You heard it here first. <laughs> this is how we end up with bloopers, is I just am unhinged. <laughs> well, I mean, Drew Absolutely is unhinged, unhinged, so it's fine. You do Drew proud that way. And then we have some questions from our fans and friends online. Uh, Constant Election 717 on Reddit asks, are there any episodes that are cast favorites? And you can just say the the summary of the episode. You don't have to remember the episode number or title. Season two finale, because it got a little chaotic and it makes me think of the uh, <laughs> the Rocky Horror Picture Show scene, the Brad, Janet, oh my Rocky, because like we're constantly going back and forth. <laughs> and I love that kind of stuff. Um, and it was just really fun to have the sudden turn of events. That's all I'm going to say so that people listen. I really liked the episode when there was the chicken in your apartment because because while of course fire chicken is iconic and we love him it also was like I like was re-listening to it the other day on one of my my, like long car rides and just like it it gives us does give us more backstory to like June and like kind of June and Alina's relationship gets explored a little more which I really like yeah I have to say I really like that episode a lot because I kind of like Alina getting not that again I love you, Angela. You're amazing. Um, but I like Alina getting a little bit of that <laughs> hey, pushback. Like, oi, listen, like, this is no... Stop being a jerk. Yeah, this is not a one-woman show here. Like, we're all in this shit together, um, you know? And it's and it's not a, you know, it's it's you got to take into account all of our feelings. Like, Drew's very outspoken, and so they don't get really stepped on as much. But, you know, June gets a little trampled on. Um, and I like sort of that he was able to to give a little pushback. Um, I think that was one of probably a singular ball. A singular. Um, I also think the Dio, the Dio and G moment. <laughs> I, I I know that was just a blooper, but it's just so freaking perfect. It's like, what do we name these dogs? Dio and G. <laughs> and Ashley just goes, wait, wait. So you have dog and then Dio and G. What? And I'm just like, this is amazing. This is the single greatest moment. Lock it forever. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I can even picture, like, the characters in, at the moment deciding, like, okay, what are we going to name these dogs? And June just being like, what about Dio and G? And everyone just be like, I guess. Or they all just blankly stare at him like, what is wrong with you? They'd be like, not again. D-O-G is an old joke that my grandfather taught me when I was a kid. Oh, uh, what's the joke? Like, it's it, no, it's just he would be like, oh, yeah, you have to go get the D.O.G. <laughs> what? The D.O.G. Go get the D.O.G. The D.O.G. So it's D.O. and G. That, that's it. That's the joke. It's it's I dig it. It's OK. 
What about you? What about you, Angela? What's your favorite? Favorite episode for me? <laughs> uh, this is like asking who your favorite child is. How do you choose? <laughs> um, but like, what was your favorite to write? And what was your favorite to act? I think. I think I'm just going to do a season two because... If we include season one, that's just way too many episodes to pick and choose from. <laughs> um, but definitely, I would agree with the season finale, but also the season premiere. Um, we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about other characters, but I will say Hazel did such a great job being the Aswang in, in the season premiere. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was a bit nerve-wracking because she was the first person we brought on who wasn't in my inner circle of friends. This was the first time I actually did official auditions. And, you know, working with friends is is fun. You know, we're we're doing this as a as a group thing. But then when you bring someone in who we're not familiar with, it's it is a bit nerve wracking to see like, oh, will we be able to work well with them? Um, but you know, she did fantastic. It was such a new aspect as well to bring in a little bit. I mean, (laughs) I don't think it was that scary, but (laughs) a little bit of the horror aspect that people love so much in audio dramas. It was so fun to like experience that firsthand as a writer, as someone being in the um, acting process. And then as the person who also edited it and got to, you know, hear how the music would sound with it, hear what sound effects we would include with it, and just everyone did such a good job acting, so definitely season premiere, top fave. And then I think everyone else also brought good points about having the vulnerability in the chicken ep- <laughs> No, it's officially the chicken episode, okay? <laughs> um, the vulnerability in that episode, and also um, just again busting out my audio editing skills for the season finale we had so many actors i think it was like maybe maybe eight to ten actors for the season finale which is insane um it's only gonna go up from there so i hope you all are prepared for that (laughs) uh but yeah this was a great experience for me overall to be able to work with you guys and see what i can do and see what we could do together as a group so I also have some reviews I want to talk about in the podcast. Our friends, The Town Whispers, which is also a great audio drama. You should also check out. Um, but in their review, they said, The uh, residents of Persimmon Park is in line with modern day audio dramas, but there's something distinct about the styling and atmosphere that reminds me of a childhood show. And <laughs> that's so interesting because while it wasn't, my main inspiration, you know, I did say Scooby-Doo was an inspiration, but also, um, you know, I grew up in the era of Cartoon Network and their kind of funky animated style. Do you guys hear that kind of style as well as you're acting as these characters? Uh, I totally agree. I absolutely get sort of like an Adventure Time uh, Infinity Train kind of vibe from our show. That's, you know, like, again, like, just because it's something cartoony or, like, or, like Cartoon Network style aimed maybe at a lower age range doesn't make it any less good or any less important in what it's trying to say or, or the themes that it tackles. Um, but I definitely think it has sort of that, like, wonder and approachability that you get more with, like, media aimed a little bit younger in age than you get sort of for, quote unquote, strictly adult aimed content. I think one of the things 
add it like just totally adding on to what Sarah said. The monster of the day always gives me childhood nostalgia. Like having grown up on Sailor Moon and other shows that always feature even Scooby-Doo, like monster of the day episodes always make me think of like having cereal and snacks in front of my TV for hours on Saturday morning. And I still watch Sailor Moon. So like, that's totally not childish. Sailor Moon is amazing. And if you don't watch Sailor Moon, what is wrong with you? Most of my thoughts are kind of already covered, but yeah, like kind of that like monster of the day and like, um, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, my, my thoughts all disappeared, but yes, I agree. <laughs> yes. At Arthur Draconi says season one had a somewhat episodic feel to it. Uh, however, in season two, it becomes full on serialized. It's interesting to, <laughs> with both reviews, I've noticed that like, it's interesting that my writing can be heard or like, it's, it's crazy to know that my writing is being conveyed and the audience is getting it. <laughs> There's, I'm so thankful for these reviews because half the time I'm just like, well, I get it, but <laughs> does everyone else? Well, I mean, there is actually something I want to say, if that's okay. So like in in sort of helping you because I was I was on story editing in in uh, season two and I mean I helped out in season one somewhat as well I think by the time you got to season two you were really thinking sort of about bigger themes and over like where you wanted things to go because season one is so much set up in terms of what the park is who June Drew and Dog are who Alina is and why Alina is doing this and who our narrator is. And why she's doing it and sort of really, we had talks a lot about that framing device because the framing device was rough because we wanted it to be cohesive, but we also, you know, needed to leave room for story. And you were really thoughtful about that. And I thought that was really great. But then in season two, it was really clear that you had like a vision of like, we have a conflict, we need to find Sam again and apologize and sort of dealing with all the setup and fallout from season one. So when I was reading the scripts, I was like, oh man, I can definitely see sort of like the pieces coming together. You know, like all the strings on the board were connecting, which was really, really great. Um, So I definitely think that like there is a shift from season one to season two, not because season one isn't good, but season one has a heavy, heavy lift to do in terms of setting up everything that we know. And then season two really gets to stretch its legs and start running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would would agree with that. And I think... It being a fantasy style audio drama, it's almost necessary. We have no visuals to assist everything that you learn, everything that you see, quote unquote, as a participant, as an audience member, is created through the listening. So it has to be set up somewhere. Thanks, season one. Appreciate you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You may have been less exciting. We I don't think it was, though. We could reach what we did in season two if we didn't have season one, like, in its place to set up the park and, like, the both, like, limits and limitless potential of what we could find in it to kind of launch us into season two. Ooh. And we, we got we to go explore the mountains. And then one last question I wanted to ask is that, is there anything you want to see in season three, whether it's plot-wise, characters, care of creatures? So I am hardcore advocating for Asturian mythology, one, because I can pronounce it. 
insider look guys pronunciation's hard oh my we God. try so hard <laughs> to find youtube clips of people saying these creatures names if they're like really we have difficult. to pause rehearsal because we've all found something different and then we're like wait everybody pause recording and we need to yes. figure this out and then try again so um I, i'm like a hard advocate in season three for uh studio mythology is very fey related because in my mother's region is from Asturias, which is in spain and she was invaded by the celts so we have a lot of like weird combo yes yeah, so we have a lot of fairies and stuff and so in there there's a bunch of people but there's like the drasgul and drasgul is like a little mischievous feral goblin that just fucks shit up and i'm just like it'd be fun it'd be fun to have what drasgul running around and again i can pronounce it so if we have any questions i'm the native speaker i got this we can do it I, and that just for clarity that ooh was at the crossover of mythologies not for the invasion just yeah, so no i mean listen like i grew up with that kind of music so the invasion um, like did a number on on my childhood. Like it's not fun to grow up with bagpipe music. So I feel for the Irish and the Scottish. So like, hey, my my friend lives around the corner and teaches bagpipes. So if we ever need bagpipe, just if you do bagpipe, like it's just gonna be like me in my little like closet, being like, nope, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not coming out for the bagpipes. Nope, you can't make me. <laughs> I, for me, and it like. I don't think would ever actually work with our format just because how the format is. That's a great answer. But I would love just more music. Like it's a far stretch. But as as a music person, <laughs> I I love it. I would love to maybe like get a siren or something mm. where we can incorporate music and mm. how music affects people. And then, you know, I would always oh. do it. But I don't know. I just, I'm I'm a music person. It's one of my degrees. I teach it. <laughs> I think for me, without giving away too much, in case people who watch this haven't watched, listened to all, or listened to this, haven't listened to all of season two yet. Like now, and this is, I guess, coming from just as, since I'm the person who's playing June, um, like as we learn more about, June's family and like sibling dynamic and as more of those kind of connections into other aspects of the plot come to light like it's been definitely fun to play with as for myself as an actor and I think it could create some very interesting moments or have some of those creatures come back around Ooh, too it's such it's a well-used plot (laughs) device like it happens so often and it's one I'm an absolute sucker for like when when the big bad comes back around or like you find out who the big bad is and all of these little minions you thought you've defeated are there too and you're like, well, um, time for a drink. I'll be back. <laughs> Gotta figure this one out. Let's go. Uh, it's just a favorite trope of mine. <laughs> I, for some reason, like the minute you said that did not go to that place. My thing was like June, like like auspiciously opened up a window and just like putting his head up be like come on and like the kappa like crawling in like oh my god you know and just like having like a little like freak out sesh together and maybe like some tea and cookies pa- patreon episode june interviews the previous creatures of the park yes 
She was like, I want my own. June goes rogue. Maybe. Wants his own show. He's like, this little taco, taco style. <laughs> I would love that. That would be amazing. You, uh, do it. What's what's the guy who goes for a dollar? Oh, my God. What's Billy, the oh, Billy. Oh, uh, Billy, yeah. Billy on the street. Yeah, he's the, the let's go lesbians guy. <laughs> yes. uh, do it. Billy on, Billy on the street style, but... June running Billy through the, the park street. trying to ask questions June, June about on the amazing. street while taking Doug for a walk and Doug's just like why are we why uh, stop okay for a dollar for a dollar do you believe in aliens dogs like being dragged <laughs> a dog being the literal Shiba me where their next roll up when their leash get pulled <laughs> help me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wish i will s- when all, oh, all i was just saying all, all the, the neck. neck i will <laughs> say one of my greatest regrets is not like perfecting the sheba scream like i gave angela a couple of audio files of me doing like random dog noises like panning or yipping or because why not because i don't know because i'm weird anyway but i i couldn't get the scream down the scream is so hard for shiva's it's it's like a very like <laughs> like it's, it's as close as I get. It's so difficult. Yeah. Can't can't help with that. I don't have a sheep, I have a cord. Like it's something like that. I can't it's so hard. Normal dog sounds are easy. That's pretty close. Yeah, it sounds like a squealing pig almost. <laughs> it's hilarious and or a little terrifying. Uh and as we talk about what we want to see in season three, our friends from Call of the Void asked, which is also a great podcast, by the way, they're on season three right now. Please go ahead and listen to them. Um, <laughs> how do you pick your creatures? For the most part, actually, it's pretty easy how I pick the creatures because I just see where the plot is going. So, for example, um, we keep bringing up the chicken one, but it was... But that one's a very obvious case where I wanted to do an episode where we were not at the park. We were somewhere else. Uh, Alina's place was the easiest option to do. So it was very easy to decide on household spirits for that episode. And from there, you know, there are very popular ones that I didn't want to do because they were popular. People have known them before. Uh, And... The Eidvaris was something that I've never heard of, and I thought it was such a unique character. Besides the fact that it is a chicken on fire, it is also a dragon and has a Robin Hood complex. It's just like all these little things. I was like, oh my gosh, people need to know about this. So so that's uh, a very obvious example. And another thing I wanted to bring up again This is going to make it sound like I don't like Greek mythology, but I actually love Greek mythology a ton. I just wish that other cultures got a chance to shine as much as Greek mythology, but I try to stay away from popular creatures that are well-known because the whole point of this podcast is to bring awareness to other creatures out there. So I, I, it's... If I do use Greek mythology, it's typically used as a reference. For example, we, we keep bringing up only two episodes of season two, but um, the bully episode where we talk about the Nue, which um, we described is a type of chimera, which is a Greek mythology creature. It's a quick and easy way to explain what the Nue is and also helps show that 
a big thing I like to bring up in mythology is that we are more similar than we think. <laughs> uh, yes, each culture may have specific stories or specific creatures, but a lot of the times, a lot of cultures have their type of mermaids, their type of fairies, their type of dragons, <laughs> and it's and it's just uh, a way to show that we're all human and we all can understand each other. And before I wrap up, I wanted to update you all on season three production and what we've been up to uh, since we finished season two. A good chunk of us actually moved recently, so please be patient as we organize the show and our lives at the same time. <laughs> but hopefully by the time you hear this, I will have written half of the season. So go me. I'm doing it, I promise. <laughs> We are also hoping to not only crowdfund this summer, but also go to cons and festivals. So if there's any you want to hear us or see us at, please let us know. Um, I'm looking at a couple anime conventions and also podcast festivals. So I hope I get to meet some of y'all this summer, which will be very exciting. And once crowdfunding is done by July or August, we will probably be looking at a fall release date for season three. And of course, you can keep up with all this information if you follow us on social media at Persephone Park on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Tumblr, and Patreon. I think that's all of them. <laughs> and if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us on social media as well. I'd be happy to do more Q&As as we work on season three. Um, if you'd like to hear more from our composer, our artist, our obviously our voice actors, you know where to reach us. I've said it every episode at First Up in a Park. <laughs> and last but not least, is there anything you guys would like to plug? TikTok or anything? Shoot, all my stuff is local. Like, I wish I, wish I could plug, but all my stuff is really local and usually involves, like, my students. So that would be a little weird to... That's that's a total teacher in the wild moment. Well, like where like where could we find you online? I that's guess. a great question. I don't even know that. So all my stuff is under construction again. <laughs> so um, follow me on Instagram at Ben Palizzi or I have a website at Ben www.benpalizzi.com. See, Ben Ben's Ben's the real professional. Ben hasn't even graduated yet. Here I am with two degrees. In performing arts, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You gotta get on it. You gotta get on it. Um, so you can follow me at on Twitter at Sarah Romanden. That's S A R A R O M E N E N. Or you can follow my TikTok for generally just like anime shenanigans and random thoughts, um, which is at Pink and Mint. P I N K A N D M I N T. And if you're going to FlameCon 2022 this year in New York City, I will be there with uh, one of my very best friends, uh, Angeli Angeli Rafer, and we are going to be selling some stuff. I'm going to be selling an original short story called I'll Take You Where You Need to Go, which is about a, um, a retelling of the myth of Charon, which is the uh, ferryman of the underworld as a non-binary cab driver in New York City and who meets a lot of very familiar characters. 
I won't give it all away, um, but there's a lot of, it was written for a contest that was all about like diversity in myth. So there's definitely gonna be a lot of your favorites sort of twisted up in a new way, as well as uh, my very first poetry collection, Graveyard Heart. Um, so you can feel free to pick up a copy and come say hi. Aww. Well, now I feel like I need to get my shit together and like record a plug after this and send it to <laughs> Angela. I suck. <laughs> Do it. I'll add it in. This is what happens when it's what happens when you slide more into the teaching side and it's harder to plug. Uh, when I when I fix my website, I'll send well, it to you because I, mean, I do have openings for uh, online acting coaching and voice coaching, but I need to fix all my socials first. <laughs> yes. I honestly, low-key sidebar, I would actually be interested in that because I've always wanted to take voice lessons and my parents never let me because they said it was a waste of time. And now I'm an adult. Well, your parents can get wrecked for that because it's not a waste exactly. of time. Exactly. I, I want to do it. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, I'd like to sing better. I sing okay, but I'd like to sing better. I would like, you know, and Ashley's a professional. And I trust Ashley. Ashley, Ashley does sing better. It's true. <laughs> we don't know what the that, that, baseline that's, that's, is, that's, that's but I am better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a hundred. I mean, again. Oh, no. I was not meaning that as a dig towards Sarah. I was meaning that as that's that Ashley. <laughs> Ashley Dawson, vocal coaching, sing better. Yeah, sing, sing better. How much better? Just better. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Listen, any improvement is still improvement. I do teach my students that. So. Amen. Yes. For me, um, just getting more involved with the audio drama community, I am voice acting a couple of things. So I just want to recommend these shows to you all that are coming soon. <laughs> Mix Bad Luck, Fatal Girl, Written in Stardust, Echo Box, and Sanctuary, the series are all things that I am participating in. So please make sure to check them out. I will share them on my social at Girl Made of Jade. And hopefully I will make a demo reel one day to show all this stuff off. <laughs> Anyways, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to please stay in touch with us on social media or you can email us also at Persephone Park podcast at gmail.com if you, if you want to email instead totally fine with that <laughs> uh and that's it all right it's been real y'all i miss you guys Yay. thanks for being amazing everybody nice to see your beautiful faces thank you for coming and thank you all for listening <laughs>